Welcome back to the Kidmin Huddle. So right now in my church, I have just an interesting dynamic. If you guys have listened before, you'll you'll know that most of my older kids have aged out, moved on to the youth group, and I have a lot of youngers. We've had a couple of new younger families start start coming. So I have that um I'm not I'm not even going to say difficult, but I have the challenge of making sure that my lessons are engaging my little ones at the same time as my big kids. Remember, I have, you know, kind of like a one room classroom. I've got 4-year-olds in there with my 6th graders, and that can be challenging at times. So today I want to touch on how do I engage my preschoolers? Um, by the way, you might hear my washing machine in the background. Um, so sorry about that. But hey, at least you know I've got clean laundry happening. So I like interactive lessons. I want my lessons to be deep, um, even for little ones. I want preschoolers to be learning big concepts and big words. Because if you keep doing this throughout their lives, you're building on it. If you keep reinforcing that God is omniscient, omnipotent, if God is eternal, if you keep reinforcing these things, you're laying that foundation. It's going to, you're going to build on it and they're going to grow and deepen their faith. I want depth in my preschool lessons either. But I also realize that my four-year-olds, especially my four-year-old, they're not going to get much out of a 15-minute lecture style portion of the lesson. So how do I do that? How do I engage my little ones while still having my older kids engaged and providing depth? Well, a couple of things. One, keep kids moving. So I will ask myself, all right, what can I do in this teaching portion that makes it active? How can they move their bodies? Do we need to add in a location change or a wiggle break before we move into this teaching session? So honestly, if you're using a purchase curriculum, one that you've written on yourself, look at their movement. How long have they been sitting in one spot? Now, sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes for us, I found we go off topic when there's questions. I think questions are so important to answer. So at times there will be a little more sitting than I like. And when that happens, planned or unplanned, I need to get them up out of their seats. So we might switch up an order or I might toss in a movement song so that they can get up out of their seats and get that body flowing. So how long are they sitting? How long are they being expected to sit quietly and listen? That's honestly probably one of the number one spots you need to focus on when talking about engaging your preschoolers or your, your little learners. So a couple of things you can do. Like I've said, you can move them in locations. So maybe you're going to go from the tables to risers. That's what we do. We'll go back and forth. And honestly, that location change, that refocuses them, that gets wiggles out. Maybe you need to tweak where there's a game instead of an object lesson. Or maybe the object lesson needs to be something that the kids can do themselves. Seeing cool stuff is awesome, but man, when you get to do it, um, maybe the game, the review game at the end of the teaching portion, can you switch and make that an active review game? I've said before, when we redid our classroom, we numbered the four corners, you know, one, two, three, four, obviously, but we did this for game purposes so that we can make our review games four corner style. 
hey, who was the mother of Jesus? Was it corner one, Eve, corner two, yada, 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 and have them go to that. We do a lot of stand up or sit down, raise your hand, hands up, thumbs up, anything that can get kids moving their bodies. Um, if like me, you have multi-age, this can be a challenge. How can I make a game that my four-year-olds can play at the same time my fifth graders can play? So my kids, my, my two personal children, right now they're my bookends in church. I have my four-year-old who is young in a lot of ways and mommy's the teacher. So it's an extra level of kind of difficulty. And then my 10 year old fifth grade, he's physically the biggest in class. I've got the book in. So how can I make a game that my big 10 year old, who's almost like, he's only like a head shorter than me and I'm pretty tall. He's tall. How can it be a game that he can play, but that he's not going to like be running over and knocking over four-year-olds? He's at a different skill level than a four-year-old, mentally, physically, all these things they take working through. So the other day I had a game, um, is in this lesson series we were doing and they were using tongs to grab a piece of paper out of a basket and move it. Well, I looked at my numbers like, Hmm, if we have everyone go at once, it will end in someone crying. And so I just simply, I looked, I'm like, Ooh, I have a lot of younger girls. So girls are going to go first and then the girls finished. And then the boys took a turn just by making this switch. It kept everybody safe, everybody happy. Everybody got to go two times. It was a win. So get them moving. Think back, uh, I guess, number two, thinking about lesson time. All right. How can you engage them during lesson time? I've talked about the different types of learners. You might be more visual, more auditory, more kinesthetic. So again, you're wanting to engage as many ways as you can. So we're saying the story, the lesson time, yes. What about things on screen? Most four-year-olds aren't reading yet. So are you having pictures or perhaps a video to engage the, the visual learners? But then think too, during the lesson, is there something that they can repeat So maybe if the word heaven is used in the lesson, the kids are going to clap their hands or something, something that they can listen for and do an action with. Maybe is there something that they repeat? So if the lesson says, anytime you say God is good, maybe they say all the time. This works on good listening, on their listening to be able to do the cue. Maybe during the teaching time, you're going to have them doing something kind of mindless with their hands. So maybe they're supposed to be um, rolling a ball of Play-Doh and making it into a ball. Now, you don't want it to be a distraction, but what could occupy their hands? Maybe if you're reading something, they could be illustrating it. I do this a lot when teaching on heaven. I'll have the kids illustrate what they hear. Now, with this, four-year-olds can be difficult, or maybe just my four-year-old is difficult. She doesn't like to follow the directions very well. Um, she loves to draw, and she's honestly like pretty talented. But when, she, when we have an activity, they're supposed to draw or, you know, whatever. Whatever the activity is. Like, maybe it's to draw a rainbow and to write something inside. She won't do it. She just draws pictures. Um, and I don't 
really make her. I don't know, maybe that makes me a bad children's ministry leader, but I always go with, there's things that not every kid likes to do. For instance, craft time and singing time is not my son's forte. He doesn't love it. So I don't force him to do something that he hates. He does have to sit and be a quiet listener, but I don't make him, um, you know, dance with scarves because he doesn't like to. That's out of his comfort zone. So I don't make my four-year-old draw the picture when she doesn't want to, but I do make her listen. And I will, when I have kids who don't want to do the activities, I might go myself or a leader and kind of verbally have them answer the activity. That was a little side rabbit trail that I just went on there. Um, another thing that I'm battling with my preschoolers is they're always hungry and they want a snack and mainly they want candy. (laughs) Do you guys have this with your littles or your bigs? Um, but honestly, I am totally not above using candy as a reward for my kids. I think it makes it fun. I am perfectly happy to spoil them with a sucker every week or, you know, two or three pieces of small chocolates or sixlets or whatever, whatever they like. Um, it's a great motivator for the ones who are struggling with sitting and listening. So I'll do a, when we finish this activity, we're going to have a piece of candy if we're good listeners. And honestly, sometimes that refocuses a small child to where they are happy to go and sit and finish. And they know there's going to be a piece of candy. Um, I, I mentioned this, if you listen to the I Love Kidman podcast, that I am totally good with bribing a kid as well. I find candy is a great motivator for a child who's not so sure they want to come to children's church. Um, we were talking about first time visitors and I was saying that if I have a shy child who's not really sure if they want to come, I'll, I'll get on their level. Cause I think that's important to get on kids levels and I'll whisper and be like, I hope you come because we have way more fun than the grownups and I have candy. And honestly, a lot of times that gets them coming to children's church. So candy is an excellent motivator, no matter your age. Um, But preschoolers, think of the things that they like. They like toys. They're kids. They learn through play. My dear friend Josh Zello writes us some fabulous articles on preschool. He has preschoolpastor.com. If you haven't checked it out, you should go check it out. It's in its baby stages, but it's going to be growing and awesome. But preschoolers learn through play. That's how they're made. So how can you incorporate play into your lesson time? Play-Doh, wiki sticks, magnets, big blocks, Legos. How can you intentionally structure the lesson to where they get to play? Um, Along the same lines, What activities, fun, not necessarily pencil paper, since most preschoolers can't read or write yet. So what active activities can you do? The other night, our lesson was about Moses and crossing the Red Sea. And honestly, this might be one of my favorite nights worth of lessons um, in a while. And it was one, my life is hectic. There's a lot of driving hospital visits for my father-in-law right now. And I make it back to church because that's the only day there's appointments just in time for church. And I didn't feel prepared, but it just turned out great. Have you ever had one of those? Like, thank you, God, for doing what needs to be done despite me. And so I'm at church and I'm like, man, I just feel like this part is too long. It's too long for them to sit and be engaged in. 
So what can I do to make the story of Moses leading the Israelites across the Red Sea? What can I do to make it better? Well, you know what? I've got a box with some blue tablecloths. Okay, perfect. And I knew because I have my bookends, my 10 year old, not going to love if he has to like, you know, go under the blue, the blue sea, like London bridge style. He's not going to love that. So I'm like, okay, what could I do? Pull out my two tablecloths. I have two. And then I go and pull from my VBS uh, cardboard decorations, some fish and a wave and an octopus. Cause you know, why not? Um, there was no, I think he's a shark, not the octopus, sorry, a shark. And I set it up in front of the, we don't have a stage, but we have like, you know, the main teaching area under the TV. And my son did point out that it might not necessarily be a shark at the Red Sea, but we just went with the fact that it could have been a fresh shark, freshwater shark. But the kids were like, what's this? What is this? So visually I've, I've, got their attention because there's something new in the classroom. They don't normally see a shark in blue water sitting in the middle of Miss Amber's floor. And then during the lesson time, I go and I split the sea because I have the two pieces, you know, I split it in half. And then I let them all take turns walking through the Red Sea on dry ground. That three minute, how can I make this lesson more engaging to little ones? And they had a blast. It stuck with them. They were engaged in God's story. So how can you make your lessons more engaging for little ones? Whether you have just little kids, you maybe, maybe you are like, like my friend, Josh, you're a preschool pastor, or you teach the preschool class, or maybe like me, you have preschools with your big kids. How can you engage them? Get them moving. Use all of those great teaching tools with learning styles, get them engaged things they can do, play games, use toys, use music, use repetition, things that they can do during the lesson, because we want them to be engaged. And I think we just need to remind ourselves as Kidman leaders that they're kids. They're going to have bad days. Um, Someone is going to get upset that they didn't get the blue crayon or that they're still hungry and they want goldfish or whatever. Um, Right now, that's my kid during church the other day. She was just having a day. And so she sat in my chair. Um, I have a chair by my podium that I have my laptop on. And that's where she sat and did the whole lesson. She didn't really want to play. She was more content just to sit there. You know, that's okay. I'm sure you all have done it too. You've maybe taught a lesson with a clingy three or four-year-old on your hip been there, done that. And that's okay. That's okay. If they need extra love and extra attention because they're little, maybe they just need a hug. Maybe they need a little more play that day, or maybe they really are hungry and they need a snack. Maybe you need to bring back snack time. Maybe you need to take the time to get to know those little ones and see why are they acting this way? Is there a reason? Is it overwhelming? Is it too hard? Is it too boring, you know, whatever the reason. So take the time, get to know those little ones, get to know how best they are going to engage. Maybe you need a song every time or something they can draw, whatever it is, invest in these ones, because I promise you, even though they're little, they are capable of great understanding about God. I myself was saved at five. I knew that sin was a big deal and that Jesus was the only way for me to have my sin forgiven. 
Don't undersell your preschoolers. Don't underteach to them. Engage them in God's story. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters. Thank you.